Shabbat Shalom, Rabbi Wolfie. Happy to be with you again. And I want to begin by telling you a story about when I was traveling in the East. I was in Japan and I had lunch at a Zen monastery. And a little way through the lunch, I noticed, which I hadn't really, had not penetrated my consciousness until the second course, I suppose, that we were all seated next to each other and nobody was seated across from one another. And I turned to the host and I said, can you explain to me why we're all seated this way and there's nobody sitting across from me? And he said, yes, that's because we want you to concentrate on the act of eating and not to speak during the meal. When someone is across from you, you speak. When someone is next to you, it's much harder. So it facilitates silence and concentrating on the meal. And I remember thinking at that moment, this is not a Jewish monastery because I have never been at a meal with Jews where they weren't talking or a gathering or a meeting because speech, speaking is so much a part, not only of the Jewish culture, but of the way in which we believe that human beings must relate to one another. And it is by conversation and by discussion, sometimes by argument, that we work out the differences that inevitably arise in the course of living. So we are really, <laughs> in the original sense, advocates of free speech. We really do believe that people should say what they need to say and that others should try to absorb and understand and respond. This week in the Parsha, the Israelites are complaining. Now this may or may not surprise you, but complaining is part of speech too. And the Israelites do a lot of it. What interests me about this is that as the Israelites are complaining, and they're saying, you know, why don't we go back to Egypt? We got food for free there, which of course they didn't. They had to be slaves. But uh, in complaining, sometimes you tend to exaggerate the troubles that you have at the moment and you idealize the past. That complaining starts off a sort of chain reaction. Because shortly after that, when they are done complaining, the Israelites then go on and they start um, a, uh, a series of bad speech acts. So Moses, who you think would be immune to this, starts complaining to God. This is too much for me. I can't bear this people. The job is overwhelming. Now this may all be true, but why does Moses decide to complain now? I think it's because when you are surrounded by complaints, it gives you the impulse to complain. And dissatisfaction feeds on itself. And it is shortly after that that, Mo that Aaron and Miriam, Moses's brother and sister, begin to gossip about Moses's wife. Why all of a sudden? She's been around for a long time. But once the culture of bad speech arises, 
everybody gets into the act. It's just very hard. And we've seen it in these past weeks. People have said things about protesters and about police that qualify just as bad speech. They're not measured and thoughtful remarks. They are reflections of the culture of complaint and difficulty and pain that various people on all sides are feeling. And they generally don't move the conversation forward. What they do is antagonize people on the other side or on the same side or on all sides. And it is very hard after all, when you're in the midst of any kind of crisis or panic to speak in ways that are measured. And we are all right now, everyone, no matter what your situation, suffering a subtle and steady psychological pressure from the existence of the pandemic. Even if your life is good right now, and I hope it is, the fact that the world has shut down, that you can't see people freely, that you can't go out freely, that you are aware every single day through the news, that terrible things are happening to people, that people are dying who would otherwise have lived, that not only older people, though primarily, but also younger people are losing their lives, that people are scared. All of that exerts a constant pressure on us and sometimes leads us to say things in ways that we would not if things were calm and easy. It is no surprise that this culture arises in the desert. After all, the desert was not easy. I don't know how many of you have spent 40 years wandering in the desert, um, but trust me, it's no picnic. I know what you're thinking now is, have you spent 40 years wandering in the desert? No, but I read about it. And you can imagine that the Israelites had a lot to complain about. But what we have learned as a Jewish people is that even though it is the most natural thing in the world to be intemperate with your words sometimes, it has consequences far beyond what you could imagine. Sometimes they are lasting. How many of you? remember something unkind that was said to you years and years and years ago. Yeah, you'd like to forget, you should forget, but it's hard to forget. Things remain. They feel somehow stuck inside. So part of what this Parsha is about is to teach us that the way in which we speak is more powerful than we assume. And the things we say, even about people we don't know, have consequences that we should be aware of. And especially at a time when everybody, everybody is suffering from this constant psychological pressure that we have to judge a little bit more slowly, that we have to condemn a little less quickly that we have to remember that the world is in a state right now. And generally speaking, screaming and anger 
are not going to lead us to the promised land. Thoughtfulness, measured consideration, kindness, and listening. That works much better. It is one of the reasons why the Torah tells us Moses was the most humble man on earth. Because Moshe, as Rabbi Feig mentioned earlier in the service, Moshe heard that other people were prophets, but that was okay with him. He didn't have to have a monopoly on prophecy or a monopoly on attention. He was good with other people being good. The Torah doesn't always teach its lessons explicitly. Nowhere in this Parsha does it say, look, if people around you start complaining, you're going to start complaining and that's going to lead to gossip and that's bad. No, the Torah asks us to connect the theological and moral dots. But we know these things are true. Shmirat halashon, guarding the tongue. This is a responsibility that we all have, all of us, with each other, and even in some strange way, the things that we allow ourselves to say to ourselves, the internal dialogue. So this is Shabbat. Take a deep breath. Recognize that people who disagree with you aren't necessarily your adversaries. They can be your greatest allies because you can learn from them. You can grow from them. You can listen to them. And when the time comes to speak, you can speak with goodness and with kindness. We just recited the Amidah, which begins Hashem's Fatai Tiftach, Dear God, open my mouth. But why? Ufi Yagit and my mouth will declare your praise. When we open our mouths, may it be for wisdom, may it be for kindness, may it be for praise. Shabbat Shalom.